Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. And we are in our third week of our series on mental health for 2020. And we have dived into the deep, and the Lord is helping us. And I must confess that when we put this topic, and I chose this book for um, this series and put it on the GU calendar a year ago, I had no idea what I was doing, and I had no idea how needed it would be. But last week, we dove into the subject of bonding, And Dr. Cloud presents this as a second component to healthy, balanced living because we understand that according to God's design, we were made for relationship with him and with other people. And through nature, we see God's intentional design for all of his creation that nothing grows, not plants, not animals, not even us as human beings, without strength and nutrition that come outside of itself. We require relationships in order to grow as people. Jesus was clear that he is the vine and we are the branches. John chapter 15 verses 4 through 5 say, abide in me. This is Jesus talking. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Has anybody faced that fact at some point in your week? Man, God, without you, I can do nothing. Jesus goes on in the same chapter to stress the importance of our connection to others. In verse 12, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And we considered together the two barriers to bonding. They are past injury and distorted thinking. And on Sunday, we sang a song that I listened to differently because of this series. The song was, Reckless love, and it addresses God's response to these barriers of past pain and wrong thinking in our lives. The words are so powerful, they're so poignant. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down coming after me. We build walls in our hearts because of the pain that we've experienced at the hands of others. We hold onto lies and things that go against the word of God because that's what we're used to thinking. That's what we are used to believing. But you can be a witness like many here are tonight that Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to help you overcome the pain from your past. He wants to change wrong ways of thinking about yourself about others, and even about him because Jesus cares about it all. And I was reminded last week when I was studying for that specific lesson on bonding to others of um, my grandma Pasley, one of the founders of this amazing church. And I had planned to share this last week, but for the sake of time, I, I felt like I needed to omit it. 
Um, And right after, I mean in the parking lot, I felt the Lord nudge me and say, you need to share that next week when you recap this lesson. And so I'm going to do that. And so I want to bring up tonight in the context of bonding and the barriers that we have looked at, that my grandmother, Mary Alice Pasley's testimony, speaks to the reality of the barriers of bonding that we went over of past her and distorted thinking. You see, my grandma and I were very close, and I was blessed by that relationship as long as I had her in my life. And our bond grew especially strong in my teenage years. And she would talk to me about how much she had struggled at different times in her life with the idea that God really loved her. She told me that she never felt love from her earthly father. She never heard him say the words, I love you, Mary Alice. Oh my, Lord, is that you? Grandma never heard her father tell her that he loved her. He never said the words. And according to her, that made it very hard for her to believe that God could love her. Dad was a mean alcoholic. Okay, Forrest, am I okay? Something happening to me? Okay, I'm going to keep going. Grandma's dad was a mean alcoholic. And he neglected his family in every way you can imagine. They lived in poverty. He was abusive to her and her brother and her mother. And as you know, my grandma became a powerful minister of the gospel in spite of that horrible upbringing. But the Lord had to heal her in these ways. Pain from the past could have cut her off from the people of God. Distorted thinking, ways of thinking that are contrary to this book could have kept her from fulfilling her purpose. She had to learn to trust God so she could trust his people. And her life and ministry bear witness to the care and power of God in all areas of life. And I think this is a moment to remind all of us that none of us have it all figured out. Tenure does not equal or even guarantee maturity in the kingdom of God, meaning just because you've served God for a long time does not mean that all of your issues are gone and taken care of. We all have room to grow in this part of our lives. We will never cease to need grace, truth, and time. We will always need to bond and connect with other people. And this week's topic is no exception to that. We will always need boundaries. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Lord, help us. Jesus, please. I must confess of the four lessons for this series, this is the one that I have dreaded the most. It is, to me, the most complicated of the four practical steps that Dr. Cloud gives us to healthier, happier lives. And for many of us, I think if we're honest, this idea of boundaries is not clearly defined in our thinking. For some of us, this concept is one giant gray area in our lives. And it seems noteworthy that on this subject of boundaries, Dr. Cloud has written a few different books. The titles include Boundaries in Dating, Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with Children, and Boundaries for Leaders. 
Hello. Dr. Cloud also has a website dedicated to helping people learn and live with a healthy understanding of boundaries called boundaries.me. I encourage you to check it out. There's also a podcast by Dr. Cloud based on the website content, and it's a show where Dr. Cloud answers questions from real people about this question of personal boundaries. And I also found Dr. Cloud um, on social media, and I love following him because of all the meaningless, superfluous information that is out there. I can guarantee you, you will be helped by following somebody like Dr. Henry Cloud. And so this third section of the book is as long as the first two are put together. That's how big of a deal this is. This is how much help that we need. And I felt challenged in prayerfully considering what to present to us tonight. The concept of boundaries is not a simple one to cover in under 30 minutes. So if that's your expectation, just forget it. It's not going to happen. But Dr. Cloud makes it abundantly clear in this unit that the Word of God has much to say to us about this subject of boundaries. And I do want to say that if you feel that this is an important issue for you, I highly recommend reading this part of Changes That Heal and maybe even picking up one of the boundary books. Brother, what am I doing? The mic? All right. Can you hear me now? All right. Thank God. That noise is very distracting. But um, for our purposes tonight, I want us to begin by defining what boundaries are. Are you ready? Okay. We got our big kid shoes on. We're ready to go. They are lines or things that mark a limit or a border. And in a psychological sense, boundaries are the realization of our own person apart from others. So think of it as the opposite of bonding. We're not connecting to people now. We're learning how to live apart from that connection. And according to Dr. Cloud, this sense of separateness forms the basis of personal identity. It says what we are and what we are not. This sense of identity helps us define our sense of responsibility in our relationships with others. Doesn't that sound complicated and fun? Yes, it is. Simply stated, boundaries help define us as individuals. Boundaries are what give us our sense of identity and responsibility. These two things, identity and responsibility, are things the Bible can help us define. And from the very beginning of human history, boundaries were established because they were needed. This is because God is, in fact, separate from his creation. His will is clearly separate from our will. And in his plan, God gave Adam and Eve their own will and their own unique identity. And this is why God had to establish from the very beginning the one boundary that they had in the Garden of Eden. They lived in a garden, and there was only one tree, God said, that they were not to enjoy its fruit. It was the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil. And it is easy to question why God would give them a choice in the first place. Have you ever wondered, God, why did you do that to the rest of us? Life would have been so much easier if they didn't have a choice, if there was no tree. Why did it have to be there? And I've been asked this question by adults and by children and young people. And what I have found is that the answer is not as complex as we might assume it to be. You see, Adam and Eve's separate identity and will is what made it possible for them to have a relationship with God. They were not clones. They were not robots. They were individuals with their own unique will and set of choices. And this is why we were created as human beings. We were created to choose to have a relationship with God and with others. God's word gives us boundaries. And God's word is the only way that we can know God and grow in our relationship with him. This is because God's word continually defines who God is. His identity by telling us who God is and who he is not. What God likes and what he does not. The Bible also tells us repeatedly what God wants from us and for our lives and what he does not want for our lives. Psalms 103 verses 6 through 14 illustrate this beautifully. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, but he will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us According to our sins, thank God, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers where we came from, the dust of the earth. He knows our weakness. He understands our limitations as human beings. And what the Bible shares with us about God is not for the purpose of him controlling our lives. It is so that we can grow in a relationship with him that is based on love and a trust that we put in him. And so it is in our human relationships. From the very beginning of our lives, we are not just searching for Connection. I talked to you last week about how my firstborn came out into this world screaming mad because of her isolation. She was so upset. We learn how bonds are formed and maintained in our infancy and into our toddlerhood. And this is what makes the horrors of twos so interesting for parents. The terrible twos. The horrible threes was our experience. I I don't know what we did wrong. We thought we got through it, and then the threes came, and they were worse all three times. I don't know. 
But the quest of a child for their sense of identity and independence changes those sweet, cuddly babies that we love so much into wild monsters overnight. How many moms in this world have said, what happened to my baby? This quest for identity, this need for independence changes them completely. Their natural need for identity must be met with clear responses from their parents that teach them responsibility for their actions. And some of the best parenting advice I ever received came from my Holy Father. And I know you're surprised by that tonight. But Tom and I were in the throes of the twos and the threes. And he enjoyed watching us exhaust ourselves through that process. And he gave me some advice that I go back to probably on a weekly basis. And he said, Chris, every day kids wake up with the same two questions. And you must answer those two questions every day. And those questions are this. Are the rules the same? And who is in charge? Doesn't that sound exhausting? It is. But this task of identity and responsibility is in fact a lifelong process as the seasons of our lives change. And this is one of the many reasons why boundaries are an area in which we will easily struggle. Because as we go through life and our roles change and the people in our lives come and go, our sense of boundaries has to adapt to those changes. And these two main areas of identity and responsibility are addressed so thoroughly in this book. That's the good news for us tonight. Our identity is composed of many things, such as our physical appearance, our attitudes, our feelings, our behavior, our thoughts, our abilities, our desires, our choices, even our own limitations. But here is the heart of the issue for us. When we examine our boundaries, we will discover our unique limits. When we are out of control... Because we lack boundaries, we are not able to love the way the Bible teaches us that we should love other people. Boundaries are like fences. They keep bad things out and good things in. You put limits around what you value and what you feel is most important in your life. That's how you protect what is important. The essence of boundaries is knowing What we own, what is in our property line, okay, using that analogy of offense, and what we do not own. And tonight I want to share with you a list from Changes That Heal that help us determine what boundaries we should have according to Scripture. All right, here we go. Number one, our body. This is our most basic boundary. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 4 says that each one of you know how to control Another translation uses the word possess his own body in holiness and honor. And so to invade someone else's body against their will is the most basic form of abuse. Sexual and physical abuse should not be tolerated and it should not be ignored. 
God wants us to be in control, to possess our bodies because we belong to him. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when abuse happens in a person's life, they no longer feel like a person. They feel like an object. And problems like this arise when this natural boundary is violated in a person's life. And so it is very important for us as believers to clearly be able to identify what is abuse. To teach our children, to teach our young people as they grow in their identity and their sense of responsibility for their choices and an awareness of the choices that other people make, that they have that sense of boundary, that their body is a boundary, and they have a choice and what happens to it. The second thing is our feelings. These should fall in, our, in boundaries on our property line. We are responsible for our feelings, We need to deal with our feelings. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 4 said, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. In other words, the wise deal with their feelings. They do not ignore their feelings. And it is not anyone else's responsibility to deal with our feelings. Likewise, others' feelings are not our responsibility. And if we feel responsible for someone else's ability to be happy for their feelings, we will be controlled by those people and not by God. And that is a problem for us as believers. While we should always be sensitive to others' feelings about our choices, we should never take responsibility for those feelings. Amen. The next one is our attitudes. And this is where that dreaded word of expectations manifests itself in our lives. If we are driven by the expectations that we feel from others, we will fail to take responsibility for our own attitude. When we do things simply because we feel pressured by other people, the problem is in fact ours and not theirs. Proverbs says, and we made reference to it earlier in this series, keep your heart with all diligence. I'm not responsible for what is in your heart, the feelings that you harbor about me or against me, but I am responsible for my own attitude and my own point of view. The next one is behaviors. Dr. Cloud points out that the law of sowing and reaping is the most trustworthy law of human behavior. Think about it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And we must honor God's law in the lives of other people. We cross boundaries when we try to keep people from facing the consequences of their choices. When we try to keep them from reaping what they have sown. It is God's law. It is God's idea. Because God's law allows reality to help people learn and grow. And if we step into that to protect people from reality, we keep them from learning from their own mistakes. 
And this is not an easy thing, or everybody would get it right, especially when it comes to our children. But it is God's law. We ignore their God-given identity and sense of personal responsibility when we step in and try to protect them in this way. And this has serious long-term implications in a person's life. The next one is our thoughts. Our thought life is important to our ability to grow and mature. And this is why the Bible puts spiritual emphasis on this area of our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ because we are responsible for our thought life. We have a choice to make in what we think about. We cannot control what others think, but we can control what we think. The next one is our abilities. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. We are responsible under God to know what our abilities are and how we should use them. We should not compare our abilities to other people's abilities. We are responsible for our own. That is within our property line. And we must be careful not to uh, cross this God-given boundary by trying to define for other people what their abilities are and how they should be using those abilities. And again, this is especially important to us as parents. Proverbs says that we are to lead our children in the way that they should go. That is not just limited to their salvation, but their life's path, their purpose under God. As parents, we are responsible to help them define that and navigate that unique path that God has given to them. And it may be different than the one we want for them. Their abilities may, in fact, be different than ours, and they may be used in ways that we did not anticipate. But our job is to help them identify those abilities and use them the way that God created them to. Amen. Choices. This is the boundary most often crossed. The essence of boundaries is responsibility. Responsibility comes from our God-given right to make choices. Free will is God's idea. And if God honors people's right to choose, then so should we. We get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we violate that God-given order. People have the right to choose, even if they choose wrongly. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says, Choose this day whom you will serve. The responsibility and the opportunity is yours. God has given you that choice. We get to determine our values and we make decisions accordingly. We put boundaries up in our lives accordingly. And we get into trouble when our desires are wrapped up in someone else's choices. All of these boundaries that we're talking about tonight go both 
ways. They are boundaries that we must protect for ourselves in our own life. And they are boundaries that we must allow other people to define and protect for themselves in their own lives. People try to take others' ability to choose through one of two things. And usually it's guilt or manipulation. And if they're really desperate, it's both. And that is against the word of God very clearly. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. Paul wrote, we should not live in fear. We should not feel this sense of condemnation or unnecessary guilt in the way that we live our lives. Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if you are in a situation, you are in a relationship with someone where you are always made to feel bad for your decisions, you always feel Guilty, you feel fearful and paranoid about that person's response to your choices. That is not a healthy relationship, according to the Word of God. Something is wrong and it needs fixed. Boundaries need to be identified and honored in that relationship. Our desires. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This verse is not limited to just our financial giving. Our desire to give to others in any form should come from within us. Not something, again, that we feel expected to do or pressured to do or perceive we need to do based on other people's opinions. Our desires are not manifested through the desires of other people according to the word of God. It is purposed in your heart. That is how our desires are manifested. They are not meant to be forced upon us. And they are not meant to be influenced by what others desire for us. We were not made to be controlled by other people. That has never been a part of God's plan. And we were not made to control people either. You may be seated. And finally, and get ready, we're coming into app time, our limits. This could be the hardest boundary for us as believers to find and to maintain. Dr. Klaus says, realizing our spiritual and emotional property line is the key to responsibility, freedom, and love. The biblical concept of love involves loving and laying down one's life. But we cannot give to people what we do not possess. If we do not know and respect our limits, we will live our lives out of control. And we will not be able to love and lay down our lives for others if we are out of control. Owning our lives, taking responsibility, having that sense of biblical identity is the essence of freedom. And without freedom... There is no love to be given. Jesus put it very simply when he said in Matthew 5, let what you say be simply yes or no. James quoted it too. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't say yes when you know you should say no. Don't say yes when you really mean no in your heart. 
And it's easy for Christians to overcommit themselves, doing good things for other people. This is where we get tripped up so often. And this is why it's so important for us to have a clear sense of identity and calling. We need to know what God expects of us. What does he require of our time and our abilities and our desires? And it is from this clear sense of spiritual identity that we know where our responsibilities lie to other people. We need boundaries. We need limits. And if we say yes to everything because we were asked We have violated our own God-given identity and sense of responsibility because we have been given a choice. God made us with a free will. We cannot say yes to everything and to everyone, and it's very important that believers understand that God doesn't want that for us. He does not require that of us. And here's the deal. If we do always say yes At some point, our bodies, our emotions will say no for us. Even our spiritual man will say no. We will get tired. We will get weak. We will get bitter. We will get resentful. We will be burnt out doing good things. And how in the world does that bring glory to God? And so here's the bottom line of why This issue, I believe, is so critical in our lives. We must have boundaries in our lives to protect what is important. And in order to determine that, we have to have a healthy sense of identity. We are responsible to others, but we are not responsible for others. Our boundaries basically define our sense of responsibility, Dr. Cloud says, for us. They tell us what our lives consist of and what we are responsible for. We must own our body, feelings, attitudes, behaviors, thoughts, abilities, choices, desires, and limits. And so you might have guessed for our app time, from this list of things that we are responsible for, which is an area that you need to establish clear boundaries for yourself. Probably want to find somebody you feel comfortable with for this one. All right, I'm going to give you just a couple minutes, discuss, and we will conclude. That was a loaded question for two minutes, but I want to read to you in conclusion from Hebrews chapter 12, 
It's a portion of scripture that I would just invite you to look at with this lens of boundaries and the difficulty that it sometimes presents in our lives. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Dropping down to verse 5. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I invite you to stand with me. When I read this passage, I felt so challenged because these verses that we've used tonight speaking to this topic of boundaries in our lives, are very convicting and very challenging. They're very direct in this context of boundaries. But boundaries are a part of what it means to live a disciplined, intentional, spirit-led life. And God will correct us in this way if we allow him to, if we ask him to. Because he wants what is best for us. The Lord disciplines those he loves. He corrects us. He challenges us through his word. He convicts us in a moment when we feel out of control. When we have a relationship that we know is going wrong, there are things that are unhealthy. And when we pray about it and bring it to the Lord, he can use a lesson like this. He can use somebody in our lives to say, you know what? There's an issue there. There's a boundary that's been crossed. There's a line of personal property that you have not defined well according to the word of God. And this is the comfort. It's because he cares. Because he wants the peaceful fruit of righteousness for us. But we have to be trained to enjoy that fruit. We have to receive the word of God into every part of our lives, into the complexity of our relationships. We don't have to dismiss these things that seem so practical and even mundane. They're just a part of our lives and the way we've always done business. No, Jesus wants to help us follow him in this way. He wants to clearly define who we are and what we are responsible for. Amen. Pray with me now. Lord, I love you and I thank you for the peace that I feel in this room. I feel the comfort your word brings us, even in correction, even in a redirection and a time where you put on the brakes and say, this isn't right. We need to talk about this. You need 
to let me into this area of your lives. And God, you know why we struggle in this way. Sometimes it's just because we didn't grow up with a clear sense of boundaries. We didn't have healthy relationships and examples to follow. And so we feel alone. We feel left to our own devices. We feel left to our own instincts that aren't always right. They're not always in alignment with your word. And so, God, I just pray another healing touch of your presence upon this church and every person that hears this lesson, God, that your word would soothe the pain in our lives from past wrongs, that it would comfort us and help us with distorted thinking, lies that we have believed, lies that we have been told that we still hold on to. Let your word challenge those thoughts in Jesus' name. Direct us and help us understand how to live within your boundaries for us with a sense of identity that comes from you and your word with a correct sense of responsibility for our involvement in other people's lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.